0: On your touch. Somebody with a club offering, why don't you take your seats? Man free Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Wonderful. Are you excited to be in church this afternoon? It's a great blessing that God has given us to be here this afternoon. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Well, today marks the beginning of our Feeding 527. Feeding 527. Now, in Lighthouse, we have what we call a Feeding 527. And what it means is that it is a season in our church where we take one of the many books that the bishop has written, we take one of the many books that the bishop has written, and we share from that book. Hallelujah. We all read it together. Hallelujah. And we have been doing this for quite some time, and I have realized that anytime time we take any of these books to share from them. God blesses us mightily. Hallelujah. The bishop has written many, many books, and they are for us as children. Hallelujah. They are for us as children of the house, children of this ministry, but it seems that a lot of us don't read the book. And many people from all over the world from different churches are being blessed by the books that the bishop has written. Recently, I was sharing with you that a pastor came in here on Sunday. He came here before he went to church, and his aim was to come and buy as many books as he could that the bishop has written. And so, we chose to order for him the Macarius, which is about forty copies of the books that the bishop has written. And this is an example of how people are being blessed from the books. Amen. Amen. There's a pastor who whose church is in Connecticut and he says his church began to increase when he began sharing from the bishop's books. Today he has a very large church. Hallelujah. Now not only church Increase, or not only building churches, but individuals also have been blessed by reading the books. Their lives have been transformed. People have gone for interviews, and just as they were being interviewed, the questions that came, they found answers from the books that they have written, that they have read, or the books that the bishop has written. Hallelujah. And so I want to encourage you that whenever you have such an opportunity, jump on it. And make every effort to possess the copies of the books that Bishop has written for his children. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So before we begin, I want us to read our scripture of the week. Let us read our scripture of the week. Now, this is our tradition also. Um, Beginning this year, every Sunday... There is a scripture that the entire worldwide church, every church member, every Lighthouse member learns one scripture for the week. And I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's a great thing. You are in a church where you are encouraged to know the word of God, where you are encouraged to learn, study the word of God. Hallelujah. So today our scripture of the week is taken from Philippians three and verse ten. Philippians chapter three and verse ten. Hallelujah. Why don't we all read it together? One, two, three, go. And they know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto death. Philippians 3.10. Hallelujah. Very powerful scripture. The word of God is very powerful. It says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Being made conformable unto his death. Hallelujah. Now, this is the King James Version and it's read if it is to understand it You have to read it from the bottom. And so he says, Being made conformable unto his death, I may know him. I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. That means if I conform to his death, if I conform to Christ's death, if I put myself in that place, If I try to exhibit or try to relieve Christ's death, I will know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Being made conformable unto his death. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 That I may know him. Last week, Sunday or Tuesday, we were sharing a, a, a topic on knowing God. Knowing God. And I encourage, I will encourage all of you to listen to that message. Knowing God. We ought to know God. Paul said, That I may know him. That I may know him. Let us read it one more time. Now that you understand it. One, two, three, go. To the day, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Philippians 3.10. Hallelujah. One more time. Philippians 3.10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Philippians 3.10. Hallelujah. Wonderful. You want to try it, not looking at it? I know you are a powerful church. You are a wonderful congregation. Let us take it off and let us try Hallelujah. Let us try it. One, two, three, go. Philippians 3, 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Philippians three. What a church! Come on, clap for yourselves. Clap for yourselves. Hallelujah. Wonderful. I want all of you to endeavor to memorize the scripture, understand it, use it for your quiet time, study it this week, study it, take it verse by verse that I may know him, that I may know him. And that is how we study the word of God, that I may know him. What does it mean to know God? What does it mean to know and search? And then search scriptures that pertain to knowing God. Study it. Hallelujah. What does it mean to know the power of his resurrection? Amen. The power of his resurrection. This is the foundation of our faith. The sufferings of Christ. Amen. The sufferings of Christ. Christianity without suffering is not Christianity. Amen. Amen. Did you hear me? Wonderful. So today we are going to share from the book, Lycos, which is the book we are going to use. Now listen, we are going to use this book for our Sunday services, for our weekday services, for our Friday meetings, for our area fellowship meetings, for our prayer meetings. So this is the book we are going to use For the next few weeks until November 9th, November 19th, we are going to share from this book. And so if you exclude yourself, you are going to miss a lot. Tuesday, we are going to continue sharing from this book. Hallelujah. Now, those of you who have the Macarios, those of you who have the Macarios, you should have copies of this book. There should be a copy of this book in your set. Now, we have... Few copies for those of you who have not received your Macarius. It's unfortunate that some of you have not received it, but at the end of the service, anyone who has not received his Macarius, please give your name to Brother Chani. I want to p- compile a list of those of you who have not received it, and we will follow up on it so that they will be mailed to you as soon as possible. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So we have few copies. How many copies left? Only three left. Messy. Wow. Well, people have bought them already. So we have only three copies, and they are how much? $10. Now, this $10 is not the cost of this book, but because we want everyone to have it, we are selling it for $10. So please, if you are here, you don't have a copy of the book, I want everyone to have a copy. If you don't have a copy of the book, lift up your hands and wow. 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 Okay, you don't have a copy. Okay, so we have only three copies left. Only three copies left. Who needs a copy? You are here, you need a copy. Wonderful. Okay. Robert and um, who else? Claudia, do you have a copy now? Okay. Who else needs a copy? Wow. Wow. All right. What a shock. Okay, so let's give them out, and then today, let's share. Share with your neighbor. We are going to get more copies ASAP. We will expressly get more copies, and then we'll make sure that you have a copy. Amen. Amen. That you have a copy. Now, I want to, those of you who were at a camp meeting with Bishop, those of you who receive copies of this book, how many of you were at a camp? How many of you were at a camp and you received a copy of this book? Not this camp, the year before. The camp in Chicago. How many of you were at a camp in Chicago? How many of you received a copy of the book? Okay, so if you receive a copy of the book, then you should search for it. Donna, do you have the copy? Wonderful. So, if you were at a camp, everyone got a copy of the book for free. Amen. Everyone that was at a camp got a copy of the book for free. Now, these are some of the things that we just try to show you that Lighthouse is not about money. Amen. This church is never about money. This church is about you knowing the word of God having a relationship with God, and making it to heaven. That is all this church is about. That we will take as many souls as possible with us to heaven. That is what this church is about, to fulfill the great commission. And as we are fulfilling it, we are not going to be left behind also. Amen. That having done all, we also, we will stand. Hallelujah. That is why I don't allow church members to make me sin. Do you understand? I don't let church members make me angry and sin. And you too, you should do the same thing. You don't let church members make you angry and sin. That because of a church member, you decide not to come to church anymore. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That because of someone who also came for the same thing you came for, you make your mind not to come to church any longer. It's not a wise thing. Wonderful. All right. So some copies will be made available. Please, those of you who were at the camp, I realize a lot of you were at the camp, but only a few hands were lifted up. It's because you have thrown your book somewhere and you can't find it. So please, I want you to search your piles of books because you have the Macarius and you have An extra copy from the camp. So please set your pile and bring the extra that you have. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, we want to begin sharing the word of God. Have we prayed already? We have prayed. Awesome. So we want to begin reading. So we are all going to read the book. All of us are going to read a book. Hallelujah. Can you lift up your books? you have your copy you have your copy you have your copy these are all hardware everyone should have a hardware when I said who doesn't have a book only few hands were lifted up but now I said lift up your books and then people don't have their books lift up your books wonderful lift up your books let's see let's see lift up your books I want to see you have your books. Wonderful. Say, I have my copy. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, do you have your copy? <laughs> Say, I have my copy. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So tell your neighbor, if you have your copy, then turn to chapter 1, which is also page 1. Chapter 1, which is also page 1. Now, I began sharing with you why we share, why we have Ephesians 5 to 7. It is a scriptural based thing that we are doing. Hallelujah. It is scripturally based. And we take that scripture from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 27. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 27. Paul wrote an epistle to the church in Thessalonia or Thessalonica. And he said this to them in verse 27. He says, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. That means he wrote the book or he wrote the epistle to a pastor and he charged the pastor to read that episode to the entire church. Hallelujah. Amen. Now we have realized that the bishop has written many books and many of us are not reading it. And so we are charged to read the book as a pastor, to read this book also to the entire church. Now, this book is a very powerful book and it is all the books that we read, they are all based on scriptures. Hallelujah. Amen. They are all based on scriptures. And we get blessed when we read from them. So it is based on this scripture that we share from one of the books every so often. Hallelujah. So today, we are sharing from the book Lycos, Lycos chapter 1, it means the layman. The layman. The word layman comes from the Greek word Lycos. Layman means like, or lycos means layman, or layman comes from the Greek word lycos, which means having no skills. Is there anyone here who has no skill? You don't have any skill at all. Amen. You see, everyone has some skill. Do you see? Everyone has some skill. So, does this book apply to you? Yes. It does? Amen. So, having no skill pertains to having no skill within the periphery of the thing we are talking about. So, in this sense, we are talking about the ministry or the work of God. Amen. 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 Having no skill. Now, do you understand? Yes. So, I know that you have a skill for cooking. I know that you have a skill for doing hair, plaiting hair, and, and rolling hair, and all kinds of things. Some of you have a skill for doing makeup. You make up people. You make them look like someone else who they are not. You have a skill for doing all of that. Amen. But in this sense, we mean the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. It says, history teaches us that great things can be accomplished through people who lack skills. Great things can be accomplished through people who do not have skills. A quick glance at the achievement of lay people or common people will inspire you to use them in the ministry. Hallelujah. We want to use lay people, people who have no skill, in the ministry. It says through laymen, souls will be saved, cells will be established, churches will grow. And God's work will flourish. Hallelujah. Through people who do not have skills. Through people who have no skills, souls will be saved. Amen. Amen. Churches will be established. God's work will flourish. Do you believe that? I tell you, God's work will flourish through people who do not have skills. Now, here are a few definitions of the word layman. And I believe this is going to apply to all of us. He says, a layman is an ordinary person. Are you an ordinary person? Yes. I am ordinary. A layman is an ordinary person. A layman is a normal person. Are you a normal person? Yes. yes. Now, when we say normal person, doesn't mean that you have five fingers and you have one head, not two heads. Normal person means just a regular person. Normal. Do you understand? We are not talking about abnormal person. Normal person. A layman is a commonplace person. Commonplace person is someone who can be found anywhere. Common places. Hallelujah. You can be found on a train. Don't you ride a train? You can be found crossing the street. Can't you be? You see, there are some people you can never find them crossing the street. You will never find... President Obama crossing the street. Isn't that so? Or neither would you find the, uh, the Queen of England sitting on a train. She's not a common person. But we are common people. I am a common person. Elizabeth, isn't that so? I am a common person. Hallelujah. So a layman is a common person. A, a commonplace person. A layman is a usual person. Have you heard that this person is so unusual? Yes. A layman is a usual person. You are a normal person. You are a commonplace person. Are you a usual person? A layman is a regular person. A layman is a common person. He's an everyday person. The kind of person that you see, he's not the kind that you, when you see, you turn around to look again. You know, there are some people who are like that. You turn around and then you, you have to look again. But you, 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 when you pass by, nobody will turn around to look at you again. You are a common person, everyday person. A layman is an average person. A layman is someone who is not a professional. Hallelujah. You are not a professional in the context of what we are talking about. I know some of you are nurses, some of you are professional security guards, some of you are professional hairdressers, some of you are prof- You have a different kinds of professions. Professional homemaker. Amen. A layman is someone who is not an expert. A layman is someone who is not specialized. A layman is someone who is not skilled. He's someone who is not trained. He's someone who is not certified. Certified. He's not trained to be awarded a certificate. That is a layman. And a layman is someone who is not licensed. Hallelujah. It says great achievements in the church world. There have been great achievements in the church world through laymen. And he says, lay people were the pillars of the great reformation of the church. Hallelujah. How many of you have heard of Martin Luther King before? Now, Martin Luther King was someone who translated the Bible, who translated the Bible from Latin to a common man's language. Hallelujah. The Bible was in Latin. And it was only accessible to the rich few. It was only accessible to the bourgeoisie, the landowners, rich people. Hallelujah. And so there were so many things that they were saying concerning the Word of God. For instance, they were saying that salvation, you will be saved if you will pay a certain amount of money, you will be saved if you buy some. Some relics, and you take them home. You'll be saved if you believe that this hair came from a saint, and you are able to purchase some. Do you understand? You'll be saved if you are you have access to kiss the foot of the cross of Jesus. You see, so they had so, and then you have to pay. You have to have certain class to be, even have access to such things. Amen. Do you realize that none of you would have been saved if this was what the Bible if this is how it was treated So Martin Luther King translated the Bible to the common man's language Martin Luther King oh sorry Martin Luther Martin Luther translated the Bible to the common man's language Martin Luther is a German and he translated the Bible and he brought the real salvation, how to get salvation, he brought it to the understanding of the common man. Wow. Amen. Amen. He made the Bible more accessible to the common people. Now, once the common people or the common lay people had revelation knowledge in their hands, they changed the world. You see, there is, there is such transformation when True knowledge comes in the hands or it comes to the common people. When true knowledge comes in the hands of the common people, the usual person, the normal person, great transformation happens. So he says, realizing that salvation was available to all men through the grace of God, they rose up and championed what we now know as the reformation. The great reformation, it came about when knowledge came in the hands of the common people. Hallelujah. So lay people were the pillars of the great reformation of the church. Lay people were the reason why we came to receive salvation. That salvation became accessible to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you see yourself as a common person, if you see yourself as a lay person, you are, God is about to use you to do great things. Amen. 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 Number two, lay people are the pillars of the great Methodist church. Amen. Amen. It says by the middle of the 20th century, Methodism was the largest Protestant denomination in the United States. The great Methodist church was riding on the backs of lay people. Look at it. Methodist church is one of the greatest churches worldwide. You will go to a remote village that you will least expect a church building. You will see a beautiful Methodist church. Amen. There were pastors all over, people all over, preaching to people, sharing the gospel of Christ. And this was done, this was achieved through lay people. People who were common people just like you and I. A very early tradition of preaching in the Methodist churches was for a lay preacher to be appointed to lead services of worship and preach in a group of churches called a circuit. So they had churches in a particular circuit or on a particular route. And He will go here, lead worship, and share the gospel, and then he moves to the next church. Goes there, lead the worship, and share the word of God. Lay people. Lay people. These were not professionals. These were common people. These were not the bourgeoisies. These were not the fathers, the Catholic priests. These were not people who have gone to um, um, special schools. Amen. These were ordinary people, and they were doing the work of God. Hallelujah. They were doing the work of God. It says lay people were the pillars of the largest single church in the world. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, I'm talking about great things that have been done by common people. Are you a common person? Michael, are you a common person? Great things can be achieved through you. He says, one of the foundational principles on which the Yoido Full Gospel Church is built is the principle of working through lay people. Now, the Yoido Full Gospel Church is a church in Korea. He says, the Yoido Full Gospel Church was founded by David Yonki Cho and his mother-in-law. Dr. Yonki Cho and his mother-in-law. They were from the Assemblies of God Church. Hallelujah. Both of them were Assemblies of God pastors. They, ha- they held its maiden worship service on May 15, 1958, with four other ladies in the home of Choi Jaseo, who was the mother-in-law of Yonki Cho. Four other ladies. Amen. Amen. So I will just call Sister Gina and T.B. and Sister Jackie and call... Sister Na, and said, let's go and form a church. And they are lay people, ordinary people, and I would just call them. This is what Yogi Cho and his mother-in-law did. Four people, four ladies, they called them, and they went and they started a church. Now, the members of the church had reached 50,000 by 1977. Look at that. This was a church that, was, that began in 1958. By 1977, the membership of the church was 50,000. 50,000. A figure that doubled in only two years. On 30th November 1981, membership topped 200,000. 200,000. By this time, it was the largest single congregation in the world and was recognized as such by the Los Angeles Times. In 2007, its membership stood at 830,000. 830,000. And they have seven Sunday services translated into 16 languages. Put your hands together for Jesus. Clap for lay people. Lay people. You are clapping for yourself. I say you are clapping for yourself. You are cracking for what the Lord is about to use you to do. What the Lord is about to change you and make you to become. Hallelujah. Look at another one. Lay people are the pillars of huge networks of churches originating from Nigeria and Ghana. You know, these two countries are noted for large churches. And it was through lay people that these churches also came to be amen the redeemed christian church of god with its home in nigeria and the church of pentecost with its headquarters in ghana are known to make good use of lay people they use lay people to pastor their churches look without lay people the church will never grow Without you, a common person, being involved in the work of God, the church will never grow. Now, come to think about it. Jesus says the word of God, the salvation message, should get to every part of the world. How are we going to do that? There are not enough pastors. Even this church alone, how many pastors do we have? That is why what I'm sharing with you, you can also take it and share with others. Amen. Amen. You have no idea how special you are in the eyes of God. And through you, God is going to send his gospel to the ends of the world. Hallelujah. The Church of Pentecost was founded by James McKinnon, an Irish missionary, sent by the Apostolic Church, Bradford, UK, to the then Gold Coast. Today, it says it has grown to have membership over 1.7 million. 1.7 million. The Church of Pentecost has over 13,000 churches in 70 countries across all of the continent of the world. Hallelujah. Another church in 1952 by Josiah Akin Doyomi founded the Redeemed Christian Church of God in Nigeria. And under the leadership of its general overseer, Reverend E.A. Adeboye, it has grown to have churches in more than 140 countries with millions in attendance. Wow. Truly, these are great achievements, and they have been made possible through the inputs of lay people. Hallelujah. Amen. Through the inputs of lay people. Amen. Amen. Lay people are doing great things. Through common people, through ordinary people, through commonplace people, God is doing great things. See yourself as someone that God can potentially use to do great things. If you consider yourself a common person, if you consider yourself a usual person, a commonplace person, if you sit on a train, you ride on a train, if you are such a person, God is about to use you to do great things. Amen. Hallelujah. Democracy, democracy is a great achievement, even in a secular world. Democracy, or it says the great government system of democracy, was built through lay people. Have you thought about that? No. That democracy is giving common people the opportunity to act and change the government if they wish. Yeah. Today in this country, there lies in your hand, ordinary people. Ordinary person like you, ordinary person who doesn't, who, who doesn't matter in so many situations, so much power is given to you to choose who should lead a country. I said, great things can be done by lay people. Hallelujah. Great things can be done by lay people. He said the great superpower was given birth through, to, through lay people. Hallelujah. The American Revolution is a classic example of the power of the common, or lay people, in shaping history. Are you reading with me? Yes, yes in shaping history. He said the common man gave birth to a superpower. Common people who did not matter, they gave birth to a superpower. At the turn of the last century, the American Revolution was a successful experiment that marked the transition of a world controlled by a few to a world controlled by many. This was made possible through lay people. Through common people. Hallelujah. Through common people. Amen. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Through lay people, history was made in this country. Through lay people, a black president was elected in this country. Through lay people. You see, even during the Um, The campaign during the time that President Obama was elected, the rich Democrats, they were supporting the Clinton um, um, what do we call that? Is it selection or or the Clinton candidacy? Amen. Amen. The rich people, that is what they were selecting. That is what they were putting funds into. But the president, the pre- uh, President Obama, or Mr. Obama, was able to raise funds. And it, it is reported that he raised, He says, even though con- the country's rich and influential Democrats were Clinton supporters and provided the millions of dollars, Obama raised more than any other presidential candidate in history by using the power of the common people. The power that is in the hands of a common person. He raised over $80 million in his campaign, most of which came from common people making small individual contributions. Hallelujah. I said there is so much power in the hands of common people. Now, I want you to take note of this last sentence that I read. It says, Obama raised over $80 million in his campaign, most of which came from common people making small individual contributions. That is where the power lies in the hands of the common man. When each one of you is making a small individual contribution, when each one who considers himself or herself as a common person, a usual person, an unskilled person is each making a small individual contribution. In your quarters, you are making a small individual contribution. You are making a small individual contribution. You are making a small individual. Each one of us is making a small individual contribution. You will see the power that lies in the hands of the lay person. Amen. Perhaps you are sitting here and you are saying, Oh, that is not me. I'm not part of that. That is not me. The church work is not my thing. Are you a Christian? Are you a born again Christian? Let us read a scripture in 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's read from the NIV. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse. uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 and. Verse 22. Let's read from verse 22. You know, let's stay, let's stay, verse 1. Let me just introduce it to you first so that you know. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect. Are you God's elect? Does this message pertain to you? Claudia, do you understand the word of God this afternoon? Hardly. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect, strangers in the world. Scattered throughout, strangers in the world, no one knows you. Scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, and the Bronx. Say the the Bronx. Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying of the Spirit for obedience. Jesus Christ and sprinkling of his blood grace and peace be yours in abundance yeah. does that pertain to you yeah. then may grace and peace be yours in abundance yeah. verse 22 it says now that you have now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers Love one another deeply from your heart. Can you do that? You can do that. Have you not purified yourself now? Then love your brother as you love yourself. Verse 23. It says, for you have been what? You have been what? Is there anyone here who is born again? Let me see by show of hands. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Hallelujah. Through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall. The next verse. But the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Chapter chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. This is the born-again Christian. This is the word of God to you. Verse 2, it says, Like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. God is expecting that as you become born again, as you give your life to Jesus, He's expecting that you will grow in your salvation. You will be fed spiritually. So crave pure spiritual milk that you may grow thereby. Verse 3. He says, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by man but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built Into a spiritual house. To be what? A holy priesthood. I'm talking about the born again. That we started reading about. It says. You also like living stones. Are being built. Into a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood. To be a holy priesthood. Offering spiritual sacrifices. Acceptable to God. Through Jesus Christ. You see, it's not only the priest that stands to offer spiritual sacrifices. You are being fed into a holy priesthood. You are being fed the word of God into a holy priesthood. A common person, a common woman, a usual woman. A woman who does makeup like every other woman. A woman who does a hair, a woman who sits at the beauty parlor like just any other woman. A woman who wears clothes just like any other woman. A man who wears clothes like any other woman. A man who goes to work like any other woman, if, like any other man. If you are born again, then God is saying that you are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The next verse, it says, For in the scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Does that apply to you? You will never be put to shame. I say you will never be put to shame. Your trust in Jesus will never put you to shame. Your sharing of Christ with someone will never put you to shame. Hallelujah. The next verse, he says, Now, to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Amen. Do you understand that? You see, so you who believe, you who have received salvation, the stone, which is Jesus Christ, is very precious. You know that you need him in that corner. You cannot. But it says that the stone... He says, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone or the cornerstone. It means you can't do without it. You can't do without... You cannot build without a cornerstone. That is what it means. You cannot do anything without Christ. Hallelujah. It may look as if you are, you are a CEO... You are the manager of this. It may look as if now you have this degree, you have this and you have that. You can't do anything without Christ. He has become the cornerstone, the capstone. Hallelujah. Verse 8. It says, and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Verse 9 is the scripture we are looking for. He says, but you are a chosen people. Are you part of the chosen? Sheila, are you part of the chosen? Martha, are you part of the chosen? He says, but you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. I said, come on people, you are a royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him. Who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light? Put your hands together for Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. You are a chosen people. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. If you are born again, you are in the royal priesthoodship. Is there a word like that? Let me make it up. If you have given your life to Christ, you are a royal priest. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. You consider yourself a common... You see, there is nothing like, as for me, I, I'm just a simple Christian. I come to church. Look at another scripture in John chapter 15 and verse 16. John chapter 15. Let's just read this last scripture and then we will pause here. John chapter 15 and verse 16. Listen to this. He says... You did not, you see, this is a shocking scripture. It says, you did not choose me. You did not choose me. You see, the day that someone invited you to church, it looks so ordinary. Maybe they invited you like three, four times before you finally came. And it looks so ordinary. Oh, I will come. Come. And the person will call you again. I will come, and then you come once, and then you don't come. Then oh, I will come, and then you. So finally, you are established, and then you. It looks like you have made a lot of effort to come to this stage. But look at the scripture. It says, "Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain." Amen. And that your fruit shall remain. Sylvester, and that your fruit shall remain. Hallelujah. And that your fruit shall remain. Jesus said, you did not choose him. He chose you. He chose you. Among all your friends. Among all the people that you go to parties with. Among all the people that you drink alcohol with. Amen. Amen. Among all the people that you show off your girlfriends with, that, oh, this is, I have slept with this one and I have slept with that one, and I, this is among your friends. When you meet, this is the kind of communication you have. And amongst all of you, you were selected and you are here today. Amen. And Jesus says, you did not choose him. You couldn't have chosen him. In the state where you are, you couldn't have chosen him. Great grace has come upon you. Now you will only know this, you will only know and understand this when you look back and look at some of your friends. The only way this will become apparent to you, the only way you can really realize this is to look back and look at your friends. Look at some of the people that you began with. Look at some of the people that you used to have certain conversations with. Then you realize that indeed, I did not choose him, but he chose me he chose me. In that state where you are, there was no way you would have risen up to serve God. I know I did not choose him. I know personally that he chose me. Amen. I said, I know personally that he chose me. Where I was going, I know that he chose me. You know, I was, I was someone who was an entertainment prefect. Do you understand what that means? The pastor that is standing. I was an entertainment prefect. My name, that was my name. They used to call me NTP Entepe. Do you understand what it means? My, my main job when I was in school was organize dance, dance for people. We were in an all-boys school and I will organize dance and I will be running through girls' schools. Mm-hmm. Moving from one girl's school to another girl's school, meeting with, meeting with the headmistresses, negotiating with them. Release the girls to come to the boys' school so the boys can have them. And I used to negotiate with them. And I used to have ways to convince them to release the girls so the boys can have them. That was my way. Wow. Wow. And I used to do it very well. Yeah. And the people would be very happy. And when they finish it, and they, they, they feel it. They feel it. Amen. And they used to like the kind of songs that I would select. I would tell the DJ, select these kinds of songs. Select this, select that, select this. Amen. 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 You have no idea. I used to go to places, travel, travel to, I said, bring them, let them come. They'll be safe. Meanwhile, I know they will not be safe. (laughs) Boys will do a lot of wild things to them. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So today when I look back and I look, you see, I look at the people that I used to do this with. Friends that I used to move with. Friends that I used to do things with. When I look back and I look at their lives and I look at me, a preacher of the gospel of Christ. A preacher of the gospel of Christ. I know that I did not choose him, but he chose me. I say he chose me. I couldn't have chosen him. In my midst of going down, I could not have chosen him. But he chose me. Hallelujah, he chose me to preach his gospel. Hallelujah, he chose me. It is great grace when God chooses you. It is great grace when God selects you amongst the few, amongst the others that God selects you alone. So he says, you have not chosen me. If you are sitting here today, beloved, God has chosen you to hear this message. He says, you did not choose me. But I have chosen you. And ordain you. Do you understand what is ordain? I am ordained priest. Do you understand? I am ordained priest. Hallelujah. I can bless your marriage. Amen. I can conduct your wedding. I have a certificate that gives me a right to conduct your wedding in the New York City. In fact, in New York State. Except that God chose me. Amen. Accept that God chose me. Accept that God chose me. Amen. I I I I I bless his wedding. Who else is too? You I'll bless yours too. I'll bless, bless your wedding too. Yes, yours too. There'll be many more weddings. I will bless many more weddings. Oh. God did not choose me. To be an ordained minister over single men and women I will ordain you. I will bless your wedding amen hallelujah hallelujah your wedding is coming up I say your wedding is coming up amen oh and oh and when when I officiate your wedding you'll be happy oh I am telling you that when I officiate your wedding you'll be happy you'll be happy God chose me. God has given that to me. He did not choose me to be a pastor over single men and women. He chose me and He's choosing you too. Today, He's choosing you too. God is choosing you. I said, God is choosing you. God is choosing you. If He chose a common man like me, He is choosing you too. He's choosing you too. Hallelujah. You did not choose Him. You it? You did not, you have not chosen me, Lord. Indeed, I have not chosen you, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That your fruit should remain, amen. If you invite someone to who invited someone to church today, let me see by show of hands. Today, you invited someone to church. Wonderful, it is God has chosen you to go and bring forth fruit. Now, it is your responsibility that your fruit will remain. It is not only the pastor's work. Common people. Lay people. Usual women. Commonplace men and commonplace women. Now, there is a path to this scripture that is so powerful. I said there is a path to this scripture that is so powerful. And I just want to read it to you and then we will close. He says, if you accept that he chose you, if you accept that he has ordained you, if you accept a common person, you see, no one in this church should look at himself or herself and say, for me, I'm just a common person. I just come to pray, give my offerings, pay my tithe, listen to the word of God and go. No one. If you do that, your prayers will not be heard. Don't make your mind like that. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Endeavor to do something. God has placed power in the hands of lay people. If we are today seeing that some of the greatest churches worldwide, if we are looking at the single largest church in the world and was built on the backs of lay people, and we are looking at churches which have the most branches worldwide and they are built on the strength of lay people, then there is special power that God has placed in the hands of lay people. Then this scripture is indeed applying to you today. So he says, if you will receive this, that he chose you, and he sent you to go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit will remain, if you fulfill this, then he says, then whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Hallelujah. The Lord has selected you, the Lord has chosen you to go and bring forth fruit. And whatever you shall ask of his name, through the Father, he will give it to you. I say he will give it to you. May the Lord give to you as you have received this acceptance, as you have received this calling, as a common person that you too, God can use you to do something. If that is you, may the Lord answer all your prayers. May the Lord, everything that you ask of the Father, may he grant to you. He said, then whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. May you receive your secret prayers. May your prayers be answered. May your secret prayers be answered. May the Lord cause your wishes to come to pass. May the will of God be done in your life as you have received this. Stand to your feet. And let us bring the service to a close this afternoon. God has ordained you says you did not choose him oh a lay person but you did not choose him I am an ordinary person I am just a husband but he chose you I am just a wife I am just a mother a Christian mother the Lord has chosen you a Christian student the Lord has chosen you a Christian single woman the Lord has chosen you a Christian single brother the Lord has chosen you he says you do not have any skill. You lack skills. You don't know how to do anything. He says, I have chosen you. I didn't choose you because of your skill. I chose you because you received me as your savior. He says, if that is you, the Lord has chosen you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. To the ends of the earth.
1: To the ends of
0: the earth. For you of God. To them, that are amongst many. You selected us and you chose us. If you choose, it means there were other options. If you chose us, it means there were other options. It means you could have used someone else. It means you could have used someone else. But you chose us. But you chose us. You chose us. We are thankful to you. You take God is choosing you this afternoon. He says you did not choose him. You did not choose him. Yes. will oh. I but he chose you Why? Wow. Lord, we thank you this afternoon. Indeed, oh God, you did not choose us. We did not choose you, but you chose us. And Lord, if you chose us, it means that there were others that you could have chosen. There were several options to you, oh God. If you had a choice and you chose us, it means it could have been someone else. But Lord, your grace has found us. And this afternoon, we happen to be amongst them that you have chosen. We happen to be amongst them that stand here this afternoon. Lord, we are grateful and thankful for choosing us, for ordaining us, for sending us. Indeed, we will go. We will bring forth fruit. And you say that, Lord, we will make sure that our fruit shall remain. And if we do that, Then we say, whatsoever we shall ask of the Father in your name, he shall do it for us. We thank you, Lord. We are grateful to you, O God. We thank you for your way. We thank you, Lord, for this church. We thank you for the lay pastors that you have given us in this church. We thank you for the lay ministry. We thank you for the common people that are in this church. We thank you, Lord, for the common people that you have risen up to do the work of the ministry. We thank you for the workers in this church. We are grateful. We are thankful. We bless your name, Lord. And we know, God, through your word, you will raise up many workers. You will build many workers. You will bring up many lay workers, lay ministers. We are thankful to you. We are grateful to you this afternoon. In Jesus' name. If you are here this afternoon, Ah God. If you are here this afternoon, you are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. And you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be chosen by Christ also. I want to be part of this royal priesthood. I want to be the peculiar person. I want to be selected by Christ. If that is your prayer, you are not born again. You don't have Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Or perhaps you used to walk with God. You were once walking with Christ. You gave your life to God before. But today you feel very far from Christ. You know in your heart that if you were to die today, you are not sure of where your next destination will be. But this afternoon you can make that sure. You can make your salvation sure. Sure. If you are here, you want to give your life to Jesus. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You want to give your life to Christ. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Christ? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? Oh, the Lord is ministering to you right now. Perhaps there will be no tomorrow. Perhaps you will not have this chance and this opportunity again. If you are here, you want to receive Jesus Christ, lift up your hand, and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Don't be shy of Christ. Lift up your hand, and I'll pray with you. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join me and say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for you. I, have I have sinned. I was conceived in sin. I was, I was, born, in sin. I was born in sin. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, let the blood wash me. Let your blood cleanse me. Purify me this afternoon. I welcome you into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. Lord Jesus, Jesus. I want to walk with you. you. Please write my name name in the book of life. life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, name. Amen. amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Somebody was trying to clap for Jesus.